The first frames of reference that Anton brought into it was imagining what New York looked like from a foreigner's perspective. Your whole sort of frame of reference is kind of a disjointed one, which I think really worked to the advantage of the film. Didn't want to make it period, say, so it's set in 1940, 50, whatever. Didn't want to say 1989 either. It's like, for me, it's best to set it in its own world. So we just took the approach if there was a parallel universe New York or, you know, if, like, the planning commission had been all screwed up, it just, what would have happened to New York if it had kind of gone the way it was going in the early 80s, you know, where everything was getting worse and worse. It was like a city that had been built on top of other buildings and we got into these big sort of metal staunchions and, you know, shapes that were holding up buildings that you never see apart from in you know, some of the matte paintings. The, the next one we're going to do uh, is Dick Tracy. And boy, this one... Cause, uh, and I, I, put, I had to put this on the list there because I think it's the closest uh, from a time frame of you know Disney in this case seeing Batman work last summer. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at the sort of pop art sensibilities of it. Right. Let's take an old comic book character. Uh, let's... I would say actually maybe this one less so than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I don't know if they're actually trying to adult up Dick Tracy. Like, I, I feel like from my memories of watching it, it's probably just like what the Sunday strip it's comics super were fucking like. Camp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they clearly thought, uh, in this instance, let's try to get that style, apply it to a Warren Beatty right. movie star vehicle, and hope that it takes off. An older star, too. So you're playing on like getting that baby boomer generation in. And then showing them Tommy Guns and Fedoras and really playing up that like that era that, that maybe predated them just by hair, but would have interested them enough, kind of like Batman did, just doesn't work the same. Well, they, it, it's interesting because from my memory of it, and we'll, we'll watch it for uh, this episode, obviously, but in our introduction for it, uh, I remember there being pretty horrific, uh, torturous deaths. Like, I feel like someone was like covered in cement like in this box and thrown Man. into the ocean or the river by a gangster played by Al Pacino. Uh, but the violence while threatening is still a cartoon, which is interesting because one of the criticisms I remember of Tim Burton's Batman series is the action's not that good. Yeah. Like the imagery is fantastic. Uh, and I think of, you know, for this particular episode, it'll be like the mugging sequence in the alley, the family being mugged. And it's just, very different from how Dick Tracy has called in on his uh, Apple Watch, I guess, from the 30s. <laughs> the FaceTime there. That will be easier to discuss than, especially in 2020, bowing down to uh, hero cop worship that we have in Dick Tracy, which is another thought I had. Hmm. And I'm sure we'll get into it when we talk about the film proper. Um, but, you know, the, the safe play will just be me discussing, like, oh, Stepping out with Madonna. That'd be the easy stuff to go with. <laughs> the stuff everyone can understand and get behind. Hello? You're breaking and entering, you know. Sorry. Sit down. Are you going to arrest me? If I were going to arrest you, I'd have done it by now. Then what are you up to, honey? 
I think Lips Manless is dead. And I want you to tell me who killed him. Or maybe you weren't on his side. Whose side are you on? Side I'm always on. Mine. No grief for Lips? I'm wearing black underwear. You know, it's legal for me to take you down to the station and sweat it out of you under the lights. I sweat a lot better in the dark. I know how you feel. You don't know if you want to hit me or kiss me. I get a lot of that. Look, you're safe. Big boy's in jail. You're the one that can keep him there. Give me a call. How do we start on Dick Tracy here? Do we do we get into the Madonna stuff? First, or do we talk about the uh, rogues gallery of, of uggos uh, that Warren Beatty has to fight with? What, what do you gentlemen prefer? It's all Maybe. a dumpster fire, so I'm happy to jump in wherever. <laughs> I mean, so positive last week, our guest, Tangible Teddy, and yeah. coming out so negative with. Uh, well, let's just start there. What What is so offensive coming off of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? To Dick Tracy, uh, one they word seems similar. Uh, there's one one big word that separates the two of them. That's nostalgia, because I did not. I did watch Dick Tracy when I was a kid, but I don't remember it because I think my dad rented it when I was like five. But I just remember this man in a yellow suit looked ridiculous. Um, <laughs> as opposed to crying rat splinter. The crying rat splinter is magnificent. I don't know any other word to describe it. Without but. explanation. <laughs> <laughs> no explanation needed. No. <laughs> Just accepted as fact. Uh, I think people, if they listened last week, then they, they understand how I feel about that. But no, I think I think the big the biggest problem was letting uh, Warren Beatty direct this movie. Because direct and star in and produce it, I guess. Um, because... I don't know. Would you have the same problem if, say, he was playing the Al Pacino character? If he was playing, like, uh, the ugly villain? Do you have, is it the issue that he's Warren Beatty uh, above the title, on the poster, as Dick Tracy, as the hero, and he has Madonna throwing herself at him? Is it that that's, like, almost too much of a movie star role? Like, it's too perfect? A little bit. It's Yeah, it's a little self-serving in that sense, but also... I mean, if he if he was on the the credits as the the director and the star, I would probably be okay with it if the movie was better. But it's just a disaster. I mean, <laughs> good God! Like you have Al Pacino and Dustin Hoffman in this movie, and you relegate Dustin Hoffman to being called Mumbles, and <laughs> he can't even make like, a coherent sentence. Like he's basically wasted this entire movie. I believe this was coming off of he had just won Best Actor uh, at the Academy Awards two years prior, and yeah, what he movie? gets to play Rain Man. Rain Man. Okay, yeah. so they tried to uh, relive Rain Man, I guess, with with his uh, babble, I guess. Because Derek, no, <laughs> should I tap you in right there? <laughs> Do we need to start again? <laughs> That's um. Listen, if you want to be offended by somebody, be offended by Warren Beatty for <laughs> shitting on such a great actor. I mean, might as well put Robert De Niro in that role. I mean, I, let's take it point by point. Sure. The first point Teddy makes, I think, is valid. And that even in 1990, when I was a kid, and I did watch this, because I think this got a pretty big push from Disney. And much it, like yeah. Ninja Turtles, they were like, 
ooh, Batman made a lot of money. Uh, what comic book properties can we use? Uh, now, Dick Tracy maybe is old uh, of a uh, project as Batman. I don't think that the legacy is as great. I think that's an understatement. But I was into it. Like, as a kid, I saw it as that's a movie kids go see. And I didn't watch it a few times as a kid, but I don't know why. <laughs> like, I don't, other than maybe it was just available. Because I don't think it's, like, that kid specific. I don't know if as a kid I really enjoyed that banter between Tracy and Breathless Mahoney. Like, basically their version of, like, a Bond girl played by Madonna. And the villains, other than just being disgusting, are not cool. None of them are the Joker here. There's nothing inherently interesting about them. Um, so I don't know. I had, And this is a first-time rewatch as an adult, much like Ninja Turtles. So the only point that I'm going to touch from Teddy's um, little mini rant uh, is that the nostalgia, uh, not there for it now, and certainly wasn't there. As a kid, I had no idea who the fuck Dick Tracy was. It just looked like a cartoon kind of come to life. Well, Derek made a great point last week that was wrong, but I think <laughs> not this think, week because he's not going to speak. <laughs> yeah, I don't, he's drinking right now, so what he's drinking, I'm not going to tell you because I don't know. But what he said last week about the turtles was that it was totally all over the place, which I don't agree with. But I will say that's the exact same argument. Same argument I will make about this movie is that I don't think a kid this stuff's going to go way over a kid's head, and it's pretty violent for a kid's movie. And you almost see Madonna's boobs pretty much like through her underwear, you know, in the very first uh, interaction with her and Dick Tracy. But like, I think that's her what morning attire. Yeah. She's she's black underwear. Grieving. It's mine too. So (laughs) exactly. But I, I just think that with this one though, like kids are are really, I don't think they're going to really enjoy it. And adults, I don't know how they can enjoy it either. Cause it's just, it's lunacy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Oh man, um, I don't disagree with you, uh, especially if we were to compare it to the success of, of Batman or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for that matter, um, but you, you made the point of nostalgia, and um, I agree, uh, this is not going to be nostalgic for uh, you know someone that would have been in our age range for the simple fact that I think it's something that's nostalgic for kids that were, you know, wanting to be like that little orphan with the watch, right? That were really into this, the, the, the pulp era of things and the, uh, the Tommy guns and just this whole, that, that whole climate, right? For the, from everything we know about the thirties, right? We weren't there, but you know how little kids were when, when they saw the good guys and the bad guys and things were very specific as far as good versus evil. Uh, it's very stripped down. It's very stripped down. Absolutely. And the mob, uh, they're bad guys, right? And they they uh, are the exact opposite of the uniformed police officers. The problem, I think, that this film suffers from is that even though it does cater, I think, to a lot of those ideas, it exists in, uh, it unfortunately, in a 1990 that has just come off of, or 91, uh, yeah, 90 that it came off the heels of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and a Batman and a little bit more fantastical elements to your crime fighting than, wow, he's crazy because he wears a, you know, a yellow coat, right? Like that's the wildest thing about Dick Tracy. The rest of it is fairly um, boring. And it's unfortunate because that's contrasted to a really unique and different 
art direction that exists, but the actual premise of the film of the very good, you know, very clean cut one dimensional good guy versus bad guy, uh, with no other dimensions doesn't really exist for us at that point in time, right? We're getting ready for Terminator two. We don't, we don't care Mm -hmm. about this, um, this type anymore. Do you feel like there's that big of a difference between uh, Dick Tracy as somewhat of the stoic, boring hero and Batman? Because that's some of the criticisms that has kind of always been attached to at least the Batman concept as a film property is, oh, the villains are the fun ones. Right. That's where that's where uh, all the attention goes. They get to um, ham it up a little bit more, in particular with Michael Keaton. Uh, he's just kind of serving the interests of whoever the the bigger star is jack nicholson as the joker michelle pfeiffer as catwoman to let them do their thing it's very similar here uh with al pacino almost being in the movie that's like <laughs> warren Beatty wishes he could be in <laughs> like he's he's the one like yes i am playing a cartoon villain in a cartoon movie and i like what you said derek as far as like the art direction that's a great looking movie. Like I actually like liken it in a much more favorable fashion to something like Sin City, where it's like this mm. is so otherworldly, uh, and like this sort of the the colors and the way everything pops, the way the characters dress, uh it's not even attempting to be uh in the untouchables uh era there, which the untouchables right. is still mm. a fabrication of what that time period was like and prohibition and fighting the mob. Uh but this one, like all everyone is over the top, even uh, and I know the, I think the actress just passed away. Uh, Glenn, uh, Headley that plays Tess, mm-hmm. uh, the, I guess, non <laughs> like horse, the stable one. one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even the way she dresses, you know, she's in bright red and like maroons. Um, there's a lot I like about it. Uh, but it feels, th- this one feels way more like a tweener to me than even Ninja Turtles, as far as who the audience is for coming off of Batman. I think both of them are an attempt to go in more of a family direction, but I'm trying to think as a kid and Teddy, since I'm going negative, I might as well toss the ball back to you as a kid. Would I even follow what the mechanics are here of in particular, this, uh, this third character, this sort of outsider, almost Joker like character that's trying to bring down the mob. And at times Tracy as well, this like faceless character. Like I, I'm just don't think as a kid, I would even really know, what's going on. I would just be like, Oh, it's another silly person. And I wonder if Tracy's going to punch them or catch them. Yeah. It would make no sense to me as a kid, probably. Um, does it make sense now? <laughs> it's a little confusing. It really is like, cause the whole time I'm watching it. Cause I don't remember this movie at all, really. So I'm sitting here trying to figure out, like, okay, who's this, who is this person? No face going to be like, who is, who is going to be under the mask? And you know, my, <laughs> My guess was going to be Mumbles because I thought it would be kind of funny <laughs> if you had. Like, <laughs> I did not know this was going to be a podcast where it's like Dick Tracy failed because of the disrespect shown to Dustin Hoffman. You can't do this, Tracy. The DA will say you're badgering witnesses. Get me Mumbles. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hello, Mumbles. Where's Lips Manless? I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Where's Lips Manless? I know you want to do it. I don't know. 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 I
I do, 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 yeah, I do, I do, I do. Mumbles. Where's Lips Manless? Care for some water? I'm thirsty. Where's Lips Manless? Where's Lips Manless? Okay, you heard him, Mrs. Baby Green. That's his testimony. Okay, boys, get him out of here. Do we have another Dustin Hoffman movie on the agenda? Because I'll know Teddy. Well, we could have had Hook. I'll keep bringing that up. Hey, by the way, the kid was Jack from Hook, if you didn't yeah. remember. But um, anyway, I mean, th- I thought that would have been a pretty cool twist because you had this guy, almost like Kaiser Soze, like this guy that mumbles <laughs> all the time, turn out to be this mastermind, like, you know, who's who's very much uh, mad at his boss and uh, decides to, you know what, I'm going to get back at him. I'm going to get 10% cut, and then I'm going to do the double cross. Um I mean, it was interesting having uh, Madonna as the as the foil in the end, like the that weird plot twist. I didn't see that coming, actually. Like, I don't know. I just I was still thinking it was gonna be Mumbles. I just had it in my head, but it was kind of cool. Like, that was the one thing. I other than like the art style you guys already talked about. Like, I think that twist actually was okay with. Um, didn't really make a lot of sense, but you know, nothing really did in this movie. So. <laughs> I think that's the closest thing to like. And back to it. <laughs> <laughs> what about the uh, the I guess paternal aspects or like the sidekick uh, that this kid uh, becomes? Because they uh, you all kind of mentioned it uh, in last week's episode on Ninja Turtles as far as the second one, uh, which I didn't rewatch. Uh, so I'm just going off of that conversation where there was a, a kid that kind of just comes into the. I don't know, Turtles lifestyle that it has some mm. fighting ability. And there's a little bit of that. I mean, it's much smaller in age and stature with this kid, but you know, Derek's saying he, there's a fantasy that's being lived out by a child of getting, you know, the superhero in this case, Dick Tracy, uh, lets you tag along, lets you be involved in all of these things that I'll admit are probably a, slightly too violent. Like when they have a character go to like a cement bath and then send him, to his death like in the river and that's in the first uh, 10 minutes yeah it's it establishes like a tone that uh and i don't know if they ever go back to it because I, I don't know if al pacino ever becomes more violent like the gunplay as it is in this country we're so attuned to it especially when it comes to filmed entertainment that i don't think anytime guns are involved even if there's a kid around that we ever feel that danger um i'm not saying you should because i think if you're aiming at it families you probably don't want this kid to go through trauma at the hands of dick tracy you probably still want him to aspire to be a detective in a yellow coat later um but i tried to look at it from that point of view because i detest having the like kid from the wrong side of the tracks as like the tag along and i really really hate that's basically the kid that kind of keeps dick tracy from I guess getting his beak wet with breathless Madonna. It's like this idea that he needs to be this stable figure when he so clearly wants to be the hotshot cop that women fall over themselves for. I, I really hate that. It feels like Warren Beatty 
is almost taking his own personal legacy to task. Like, well, it's time to retire those old ways. Like, Annette Benning, I'm ready to settle down. Uh, I, I really dislike that because you don't get that with a James Bond movie. James Bond will have sex with the femme fatale and then go about his business. And that's the exact opposite. Um, or that, that I guess that uh, is a microcosm of the exact opposite nature between Dick Tracy and a James Bond. James Bond's cool. Batman's cool. Dick Tracy. Oh, God. Like, even that kid was like, I'll, you know, I'll steal this sucker's wallet. <laughs> like, I, he still didn't really care. Um, <laughs> what was what was the line he had? Uh, he's like, you know, to, to to do everything you do, you're such a pain. You do a lot of pansy things, <laughs> Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, he's still catching ales from, from a kid who has dirt all over his face. And that actually, that does bring me to a, I guess, not so serious point. I was the one thing that disgusted me more than anything else was watching people eat in this film. I don't know what it was about watching like the kid eat every every time he was eating, he had food all over his face. Um, the one character that did have that that uh, that was basically taken out in the very beginning, and he's eating in the um, the oysters. Yes. Yes, it was it, visually that was a, an, an odd turnoff for me that took me out of the film. <laughs> I know that it's ri- ridiculous. Um, Wait, where are we going with this, Derek? As far as <laughs> this worked for you or it didn't work for you? It, it did not work for it, it. It made me think about people I've been around before that ate with open mouths, and so I was really, <laughs> really so, I, that was so. I guess to bring this all the way back around, that was my level of transference I was having. Um, and I think the level of transference you're supposed to have, at least for the people, the parents that were seeing the film in 1990, was to be transported back to being that kid. Uh, so the dad's taking their little boy right now. They're going to watch the film. And the dad most likely isn't identifying with Dick Tracy. He's identifying with being the kid who wanted to be Dick Tracy. I'm wondering if they even missed that window, though. Are, are Probably. they too far out even in 1990? Probably. From that particular generation? It would have to be. A, yeah, because, well... You could have a kid that was what uh, in the born in the you know forties that would have been the fifth that would have been fifty some years old. So, but you're right though it's it's pretty stretched, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if this movie came out in 1975, I think it would have been a lot more popular for a number of reasons. One, the connection to that actual cohort or generation. Two, uh, the only other super you know hero property that you're really having to contend with is very similar uh in superman right like this this uh ultra good and ultra positive in the face of clear uh evil um would have probably been a better era than for him to come out in an era which it's cool to be a jerk or it's cool to be dark and brooding dick tracy just wasn't interesting enough even though they tried to to give us the colorful villains and madonna eh, and my, eh, it's still better than, than Teddy's, like, this movie's the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. There, there are a few redeeming qualities. I mean, it obviously, it must have really... Not related to Dustin Hoffman? That's my question. I'll shut up then. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, well, this is going to be like an underhanded compliment kind of thing, or a backhanded compliment. Like, so... I, the the villains made no sense. Like, why why did they look like they fell into like a vat of of acid or something? Like their faces, like the the beginning. One of the guys, I don't remember if they called him Smallhead or what, but he just had a giant freaking face. 
Like, you know what I'm talking about? All of them. It seems most of their deformities are revolving around their head. Like all, <laughs> this yeah. is like a cast of like the elephant men in different, yeah. different contexts. Um, but it's also kind of lazy. Uh, yeah. you know, I, Batman's villains are often seen as the peak in comic book, you know, verse, be it Marvel, DC, whatever. Um, and others have tried like Spider-Man to have a somewhat interesting cast of rogues. <laughs> this seems like the laziest, like almost satire shit, big head, blockhead, small face. Like it's just it's like, itchy yep. is one of their names. Like, I mean, <laughs> I can't take that serious. Yeah. Like, are these based off, or did the actual comic book characters look like this? I, well, not it was the, a Sunday strip, wasn't it? Yes. It wasn't like a, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and so the, it, it kind of coincides with that really clean, neat, uh, like neatly defined line of they're they're ugly because they're evil, right? Like they're grotesque because they are bad people. Um, they look and, like and, they inspired the Sin City people, like the some of the characters hmm. in Sin City. Like it looks, it reminded me of that. Marv has that look. Marv, yeah. is mm-hmm. like the Marv, and then the, what was the villain? Um, he like had knives and stuff. Not not Elijah Wood, but the other guy, the the, the real freaky guy set. That yellow bastard. Yeah, yeah yellow bastard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He kind of reminded me of them too. It's very different from Batman, you know, Derek, because you're you're talking about how grotesque they are, and there's some of that in Batman. But I don't know, like the Joker, especially in modern fandom, is played as like with some degree of sex appeal, especially when you bring uh, Harley Quinn into it. That relationship, uh, mm-hmm. Catwoman, another uh, example. Uh, I would say the closest you get is what the Penguin is the closest to like a Dick Tracy. Type yeah. like yeah. we're just gonna make fun of the way he looks, and that's it. Well, and it's that's another area that with Dick Tracy. Um, so imagine Batman, right? Uh, the Eddie Nine film. If it's Dick Tracy instead of Bruce Wayne, we we kind of talked about that, and that instead of um, Jack Napier ever becoming the Joker, he's just dealing with like Jack Palance and the rest of the mob, and it's a far less interesting film uh, without the theatricality of of a Joker. He's doing all the crazy things he's doing in the museum, and he's literally showing hands all over the place. It, or even, for that matter, Dick Tracy. You yeah. said there's not much in, as far as theatricality there, at least Batman. Like, the way he appears, it's the bat. Right. You know, it's coming for the first time to fight crime. You're not seeing him eating uh, in a diner every 20 minutes, you know, being a fa- <laughs> go home and be a family man, Dick Tracy. <laughs> I thought you liked the eating, Derek. Oh, <laughs> now, now you're See, I'm reminded again. <laughs> I'm gonna go to. Uh, I, I was kind of interested in the uh, box office box office numbers for this. Um, let's see. So, end up doing 162 million on a budget of 46. So, I guess it was like modest. Uh, although, obviously, it didn't start any sort of franchise. There was the uh, the threat, Teddy, that they were going to do a, a sequel, but they they never followed never right. followed up on that. Well, that, that leads me to a point that I was going to talk about, and that I th- I was reading up on this movie last night, and I think Warren Beatty has some sort of weird obsession with Dick Tracy because he still has like the rights to it, and like it was actually in a lawsuit uh, with Tribune Media, I think, as far as like, trying to do the sequel. Finally, won the case in 2013, and he even he even played as himself or as Dick Tracy in 2008 in some sort of like special, and I'm like. 2008, you know, that's he's getting to that age where he's declaring uh, La La Land as the winner of the Academy <laughs> Awards. You know, huh. how dare you, sir? That was that was Faye Dunaway that that, that thought he was a bumbling fool. Was he and, too uh, old? 
<laughs> I know. It actually that, that does make me mad when I think about it because it, it wasn't his fault. Like he was given. He was he was legitimately confused because of what he was looking at as being wrong. And she took it as his confusion, being like, "Oh, he's lost his marbles. <laughs> old marbles old baby over there. can't read anymore." So, but here's a question: Was he because you were just talking with him about him playing uh, Dick Tracy in what? What did you say? 2018 or 2008? 2008. Okay. Even still, was he too old to to play this role in 1990? Like, does hmm. he? Would a younger Dick Tracy have played better? Or been more interesting, more believable, more you can root for him, you can care more about him. Or, okay, what what if it was like Harrison Ford at that well, time? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always it's always better if you can get Harrison Ford, I guess. Yeah. But you know, he's he's Han Solo, he's Jack Ryan, he's Indiana Jones. I, I don't know if he needs one more icon under his it, belt. Well, but. he's already he's already at that point established the uh, I can't remember his his character's name in Blade Runner, but like he's already kind of got that detective. Um, Dr. Noir. Noir. Yeah, yeah, he's already kind of got that. Yeah, so Beatty was uh, 52 when they filmed this. Yeah. It's interesting. That's a a good point, Derek, because I feel like I never had an issue with it because the old-timey setting to me is like, oh, this is an old property. It's for old guys, Mm -hmm. but also for kids. So it's like having an icon like Warren Beatty made Made sense. sense. True. To me, uh, but it's interesting to compare it to Batman 89, where the icon they have in their film is in white face paint right. and is playing another icon <clears throat> that really, you know, fits like a glove. And Michael Keaton was the curveball that you have for it's almost like if you're going to have the stoic, boring character, you need to throw in something that's unexpected as mm. far as the actor playing the part. And maybe he doesn't do unexpected things, but it's just, you know, um, like in recent times, uh, there was uh, the rumor that uh, Joaquin Phoenix was uh, up or considering playing Doctor Strange uh, hmm. for Marvel, but chose not to do it because he didn't want to <laughs> sign his career away for, I guess, a decade doing multiple appearances as Doctor Strange. And that, to me, would have been far more interesting than Benedict Cumberbatch, who, while just looking at him and looking at the Doctor Strange character, I'm like, oh, that fits so seamlessly. Hmm. But it's almost inherently uninteresting because it's just such There's a no safe challenge. choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, there. And that's kind of how I feel about Warren Beatty as Dick Tracy. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. But there's nothing interesting about it. There's nothing that makes me want to watch. It's just like, uh, I guess, a movie star version of like cosplay. Whereas Keaton, the, the backlash against Keaton being Batman, Mr. Mom, mm-hmm. made his performance in some way more interesting, even though he's on the record saying... I didn't have to really do anything as Batman. I just need to put on the suit. He's like, you know, I had to do stuff as Bruce Wayne, but it's like the Batman stuff basically just show up, just show up. And it's like it, you know, just him being there does it. And, um, yeah, I, I think probably too old. Uh, although I'm trying to think of what someone, what 20 something actor, like what, what actor would have been like Dick Tracy. That's, uh, that's the part for me. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just don't know if this stuff, was ever going to play entirely. And this Billy honestly, Zane. Going back to the Phantom, right? Like, <laughs> that one is definitely not on the list. <laughs> the Phantom. <laughs> but that's a, that's a good point. I remember, I think when the Phantom came out, I was 12. Mm. Uh, and of course, we all come from the same small town. Yeah. And I was going to the drive-in. I remember the owner of the drive-in theater was like, it's like, oh, you're a kid that likes movies. Like, you know, are you excited for the Phantom? And I was like, no. 
God, no, absolutely not. And he like was taken aback and he was just like, why? I'm like, why, why would I be? I was like the phantom. I don't know what that is. And it looks old. It looks yeah. like something for like my dad. And like the shadow Actually, around that same time, right? Alec Baldwin. Alec, yeah, yeah. There the was a thing. run of this stuff. Uh, so maybe Dick Tracy was more successful than we're giving it credit for because other films tried to emulate it and yeah. did not do nearly as well. Well, I, I read somewhere that, um, <clears throat> that kind of like, and they're giving her credit for it. And I, it seems like things were trending that direction anyway, um, from a pop culture perspective that Madonna's clothing and things of that nature kind of, uh, reignited a love of some of the outfits and clothes of that era. Right. Mm. Um, and it kind of a, a throwback and you see that kind of play out with like some of the stuff from, from twin peaks even, um, in, in how they, you know, the, the elegant gowns that were very tight fitting and things of that nature. And so, yeah, I'm not saying that it it set the tone for the 90s by any stretch. That's what we're saying, don't Teddy. Don't get me wrong there. <laughs> Tracy ruled the 90s. You, if, yeah, <laughs> I don't want Teddy getting mad. And so, um, but I, there were a couple of things that tried to maybe take a look at and say, okay, this isn't what worked with Dick Tracy. Why don't we try to just not be as over the top as some of the things that we kind of didn't like about that film? A little bit more subdued. And they still didn't work. Right, I mean, we're not even going to talk about the shadow. I hope. I mean, there's a pretty steep drop off from Warren Beatty to Billy Zane, even though he, he might have had more athletic prowess there. Uh, that <laughs> it's was better in purple. Yeah. Better in purple. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. I'm still going. You know, I'm going to bet on ignorance and say Warren Beatty probably still did, even at 60 or whatever he was. Um, can we talk about the uh, the villains for a second in this movie? Because Mumbles again, huh? No, 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 actually, I want to focus on Al Pacino just a little bit because I, I have a lot of problems with that character as well. As, Didn't he get nominated for this? Uh, I don't know. Well, you know what? They, you know what they did win was Best Makeup, which I thought was good God. If I was Is any it other just movie, because they have the most makeup? Maybe. If I was any other makeup artist in that category, I'd be pissed. Like, this one? Like... It kind of looks like the, if you've all have ever watched the old Captain America film that came out around the same time period, like early 90s, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the makeup looks very similar to that, and that I couldn't get that out of my head. Like, if that was a specific type of aesthetic that, that was being utilized in in kind of grotesquing up your, your some of your villains. Here you go, Teddy. Uh, Al Pacino was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Dick Tracy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, like... He had fun. You don't think he had fun? <laughs> I, that that number where he's making them dance, right? Over and over. Yeah, it yeah. was a little long, but I, I Derek. cracked up, man. He's <laughs> slapping their asses and going going to town. Um, good lord, I don't know. I don't even know where to begin with this guy because, listen, Al Pacino is and. You, you very hurtfully cut this part out of our last podcast. My distaste of Robert De Niro, uh, <laughs> and it's back, back like it every episode until <laughs> it's left in. So it's in there. Uh, 
But Al Pacino is one of those guys where I, he's kind of in that same category. He's got like maybe one, maybe two good movies in his, <laughs> in his system. And then like after that, he just drops off. Like he was really good in the first Godfather. And then after that, it's like, what's that? What was the actor's name? Um, I'm a big fan of his. Granted, I don't know his name. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I already know. You know, the guy died. Uh, he I, knew it. Hunter, I knew married it. Married to Meryl Frito. Yeah, Frito. What was his name? That's your guy from Dog Day Afternoon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's also in the conversation, and um, is he in French Connection, too? John, John, uh, Kazel? Or Kazale? Kazel? I've John never Kazale, known. maybe, is that yeah. his name? Like, that guy is an actor. Like, he's really good. <laughs> and I think he, I think he carried Al Pacino through all these movies that he did, like, and then after he died, like, Al Pacino just went off the, the deep end, and he was like, um... Oh, I'll be Big Boy Caprice. I thought you were about to do a Pacino. I'll be Big Boy Caprice. Imagine at this man's funeral that Al Pacino says, I'll never be good again. Let me be Big Boy Caprice. That's exactly what happened. Because after that, I don't I don't know what he did Scarface, but Scarface was trash too. Like what? Yeah. Scarface is a terrible movie. It's like so overrated. There's just chainsaws and guns. Like It doesn't make any sense. Like, like, not there's not a rat learning kung fu in his cage. From his <laughs> no, because like Scarface tries to tell a similar story as the first Godfather, where it's just like this guy who gets like basically a downward spiral into chaos and into murder and crime. Teddy hates immigrants. Is, what, <laughs> is the common thing that we're seeing here? No, no, no. Here. I love the Cuban the Americans, those are, those Puerto Ricans. People. They're not even immigrants, but. Like you look like people. a more of a Gangs of New York type guy. The ones that are fighting the immigrants. Bill the Butcher, Daniel Day Lewis. I haven't seen Gangs of New York actually. I own the movie. I've just never seen it. But no, I it just, fits your uh, your world sensibility. So you should, get, you should get on that. I love immigrants. I don't know where we got on this tangent. I European like how, ones. How does how does not liking yeah, Big Boy Caprice make, make me a hater of all immigrants? That doesn't make any sense. He's just trying to make his mark with his uh, nightclub business. He likes to sing, he likes to dance, and he likes for it to be done correctly. Was it the over-the-top nature of it or the actual just story with him? It was both. Like, the over-the-top was definitely the worst part about it. But So let me get this straight. He kills the other business owner, takes mm-hmm. his business, mm-hmm. and like what? Takes it? his woman. It takes his woman and then implements gambling inside this, this uh, club. And, like, that's his big idea. Like... <laughs> I don't know. Shredder I know, had, I know Shredder had better. Shredder I was going to say, wait a minute. You pray Shredder for a small scope that worked. Yeah, I don't mind a small scope. I'm just saying Shredder's at least was better implemented and better planned out. Like, he's just, he's also getting. Child home. labor. He's getting child labor and he's <laughs> making them have family. Like, whereas this just doesn't make any sense. Like, I see what he's kind of doing, like, with the trying to bring the mob bosses together. Like, that part made sense. He's trying to coerce them into like being like a, a single unit, as opposed to being separated and being able to be picked off and fighting between each other. But uh, I just, it just didn't really make a lot of sense what he was trying to go for, though. So you didn't have a clearly defined, in your opinion. I mean, for me, it was maybe not his exact. How does this man make money? Type plans, or was it worth it? Uh, all the the carnage and the attention that ensues from the cops and Dick Tracy. But it did make sense just going back to that song and dance that, you know, we all, I think we all agree on. Uh, he just wants more. If he can have it, he's going to take it. 
you know, that's it. If he sees something, then it's going to be his, and he'll deal with the repercussions. He'll deal with the cops interfering uh, because he just wants to amass as much as possible, which is, I guess, going against the shredder way of, mm-hmm. you know, the the small stakes, the VCRs. But, I, I mean, I think it's what Derek said. It's just the, the lines have to be drawn so clearly that it's like, this man must be stopped because he's all consuming and he will if we let this go on too far he's going to kill someone else he's going to take their club and on and on i don't know if it's that interesting um i do like i like when villains lose and we get to see the process of them losing so some of the stuff that i enjoy from this film is him being agitated that tracy is uh interfering with his business because usually in these type of films it's like the good guy gets like beaten and broken down so far until like the last 10 minutes where they finally overcome and the villain always has the upper hand. (laughs) I like seeing Al Pacino annoyed, uh, sweating. Uh, you get the, the scene with the, the, the coffee coming Mm -hmm. through the, the lamp. I I love, I just love seeing him, uh, on his heels. And I don't think we see that enough. Uh, when we have these like good guys versus bad guys type thing, they usually like don't allow the villain to sweat as much as, uh, as I would like. That's a fair point. I I think they just, present no dimensionality i mean that's we 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 want more than it just to be a just pulling directly from the comic strip and every time that, someone says more in this i'm gonna cue up that music so it's constantly <laughs> playing in this what did you think about the time when so when he could he doesn't kidnap tess but he does like after he realizes that they have her and he's Brilliant. like he's in that underground like little rail cart thing it's like and he's just like he, he keeps mumbling to her like, "I didn't kidnap you. I didn't kidnap you, but I kind of am. Kind of am kidnapping you." And then he just starts talking to her like all this crazy stuff. Like, <laughs> is that Teddy? You you're think- making me uh, rethink that. I actually enjoy this movie. More than what I've <laughs> Your explanation of it sounds hilarious. It sounds fun. I'm sure I'm selling this to the viewers at home, <laughs> listeners. I should say. Um, do we have any final thoughts on this? I didn't expect. Well, actually, I, I, here was my expectation I'm off of Turtles. I expected Teddy to hate the next few things, like, coming up to bat. He was just going to crush anything in his side, just so he can elevate the Turtles even further. <laughs> so until we get to, like, I don't know, Terminator 2, uh, he's going to be feisty, and that's fine. I did think, Derek, that you would like this more. I thought you would like them sort of playing with that time period more. Uh, Madonna, I thought you'd be all over because I, th- I thought the the femme fatale thing i think is one of the few things that works here um but maybe that's me maybe that's just me becoming uh, even more of a pervert in my older age where i'm like that's that's what worked um but i don't i don't know like i don't think this is something i would ever rewatch again after this no for me and definitely not for teddy he will never i mean he might throw up if he ever sees the box art or anything like that the way he felt <laughs> Um, yeah, no, and I don't think I mentioned this at the, when we started, I had only seen just various clips of this movie growing up and didn't really have a lot of interest in like you guys were, were talking about. Um, and when I was watching it, it was just, eh, it was just okay. And I think they, they, it's the kind of movie that, that gives off the impression that everyone that was a part of it thought it was going to be more than just mm. okay. Like getting the cast that you got for this film, the fact that you have, you know, Dustin Hoffman as that side, 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 side character. I think everyone thought they were, that they had tapped into something. And that's why you had all these hands on deck. 
And then it didn't work out that way because it's just a, it's like a, it's a meh movie. It's, and that's, and that's all it is. And that's okay that that's all it is outside of the fact that you wanted it to be much larger than that. That's what makes it When I go, go back to the stuff I watched as a kid, if I found it mildly entertaining, it was a success. Like if it was, if it was enjoyable two hours of my time, uh, and kept me glued to the television, that was a success. Uh, I, I don't think that's probably the way we talk about movies and pop culture now. Uh, certainly when there's a podcast on everything, but I, like, I don't, I don't have memories of Dick Tracy being some like great disappointment <laughs> or sort of insult to me. It was just something that was like, I like some of that. It was cool to look at. Um, it didn't stick with me, but I didn't have the expectation that stuff like this would stick with me. I think now we would have that if they're going to spend this money and it's going to have movie stars like, you know, I'm sorry, Teddy, you're going to have Dustin Hoffman in a very small part. There's going to be an expectation like this is going to be a new established classic or it's going to inspire many, many Billy Zane offshoots mm. to come. Or a Dick um, Tracy universe, uh, a Tracy verse, <laughs> a Dick verse, <laughs> if you will. There we Won't. go. That's the, <laughs> the end of the show. Hiro, I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Listen, I I don't know I don't know why, but again again this this everybody's going to start thinking like Teddy Teddy's just always confused about everything because I, I mean a lot of times, <laughs> I don't, but but I for some reason I thought Dick Tracy was also in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I don't know if it's just the style mm. of the movies or what, but you know just, it's not a bad pull because I no. think as much as Batman was an inspiration, I mentioned the Untouchables. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is another, yeah, and that one got a lot of play for me as a kid. But I, I remember seeing that one a lot. Angle. But Jessica Rabbit and the Patty Cake. Uh, mm-hmm. Do y'all remember that scene where that's how he See, found out she, he was being cheated I, on? I thought you were going to be with me on the Madonna aspect just for this. I thought you would actually. The, I'm not a mole person, so when they kept cutting close to her face, I was kind of getting. Excited. I knew it. I knew it. I can't stand moles, man. So it's like, hey, Madonna, you're okay, um, but man, just pull back a little bit. And I didn't want to say that. <laughs> yeah, they would do some really tight shots. Teddy there. knows how I feel about face moles. They just really make me. He hates them. I have a weird thing with it. it makes me nauseous. <laughs> I know. All right. But yeah, I mean, she was, she did her thing. Um, no, oh, no, you don't have to explain. She's it, no Rita I'm, Hayworth though. And that, so I've, I've got my exit points for this episode for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just it don't know if you're Teddy's going to get the final line <laughs> with the dick verse or your hatred of moles. <laughs> I didn't want Teddy to think I was throwing shots at him because he, he remembers when we were in college and he had that one face mole that I used to, remember that and you end up getting it removed and I used to talk about how much moles disgusted me because he he would never kiss me Mike he just wouldn't do it <laughs> Now that, 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 that,
All right. <laughs> Moving on to Ghost. One sec, let me close the door and uh, okay. unlock it real quick. <laughs> it's about to be steamy in here, I guess. Get 